welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in this space. Let's get started. This week, I had the pleasure to interview some friends that have been practicing Kwanzaa for 22 years. They were the original friends that came to our house for our very first Kwanzaa, and since then have been practicing Kwanzaa ever since. Many of you may have seen over the last week or so that I released a variety of videos regarding Kwanzaa, as well as the live Kwanzaa event that took place on January 1st of 2022. And I just wanted to make sure that people had the opportunity to see what Kwanzaa is like. I don't think anybody's Kwanzaa is the same. It's a creative process. People do lots of different things when they are celebrating Kwanzaa but I at least wanted to show you an example of mine. So this week, I figured I would interview some of the folks that I had with me. They are my very good friends and they have stood the test of time, but I am pleased to say we have a good time. They still participate. You'll note Chris Brinkley did the reverence for the creator and creation at this last Kwanzaa event. And James Daly actually did the final prayer. So if you're looking to see Chris Brinkley and James Daly, they were there at this last one. So let me just introduce you to the folks that I have in the room. Chris Brinkley, who is a systems administrator. James Daly, who works in transportation. Patricia Daly works with a consulting firm. Cynthia Mundy, who is in payment technology, Peter McConico, or Ronald McConico, I should say, we call him Peter. He is a retired law enforcement professional, and of course, myself. So you will just hear us talking about the first Kwanzaa we had, and I just figured I'd let you guys in on some of the conversation as we reminisced not only about the first Kwanzaa as we started it, because I think, you know, a lot of times we're looking for ways to get started. So you'll hear a little bit about how we got started. And then, you know, we'll just, we just spent some time talking about the experiences and you will also hear them bringing up Peter Barrett, who is, was my husband, who really kind of initiated a lot of the discussions on creating Kwanzaa. So anyway, I figured I would give you guys front row seat to just kind of hear about Kwanzaa, how we started, and some of the things that go through people's minds as you start new things. So here's to a phenomenal year, and I am hoping that you will spend it Again, on Kwanzaa every day, Kwanzaa is all about reflection and recommitment. 
And obviously the principles associated with Kwanzaa include unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. Join me in listening to this conversation. All right. So this is the crew from the first Kwanzaa we ever have and some of my closest friends for sure. I just figured it'd be great to just talk a little bit about this new experience. You know, some people know what Kwanzaa is. Some people don't. And since we're going into another Kwanzaa season, I figured I would just ask you all what the experience has been like and, you know, what you felt about it when I'm sure my husband, Peter, called you and said something about coming to Kwanzaa. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell, let me share something with you guys. I don't know if I even share this with my wife, but when I start to remember the first time he called and talked about that, I didn't want to go because he used to always talk about, he was in that season that he talked about so much of his family history, his uh, genealogy, he was building all this stuff up. And I, and I just figured that it's going to be kind of the same thing. You know, he was going to, he was going to actually talk to us about his family tree <laughs> and everything. But I, but I remember, though, that just coming together that first time and where our children were small. And then when he got going, I found myself very tuned in to what he was, you know, presenting at that time. And and even at that first time, I started to learn more about some things that I didn't have no idea or didn't have much knowledge of, you know, before. And I and, and from that point on, it is for me, it's got more and more interesting because I seen the passion that he had to want to keep something going and and keep us all in tune to inspire us to to uh first of all look in our background, look in our history and and somehow connect all that together. That's what I found pretty interesting as I was starting to remember some things back almost, what, 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah, about 22 years ago now. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Anybody else? I was always open-minded about, about Kwanzaa. I mean, Pete was uh, advocating to have something at his house. And, you know, I was curious. You know, I was curious. You know, we heard about this, you know, African-American, I'll say a holiday because it was, it was not just one day, but a series of days. And, and so, and Pete was such a, such a wealth of information. You know, he, he's really a historian in disguise. And he was, he was, I think before I even started Kwanzaa, I was asking him questions about, you know, the principles and the libation. I think he had an element for the, the kids in there. The, the children would have books or something like that. And, you know, and it was just a very fascinating thing in just having these conversations with Pete because he was a Jali before he was the Jali, you know? <laughs> and so, cause he kind of, he kind of evolved over time. There came the Jali, right? So, but, yeah, you know, it was very informative, you know, and wasn't sure if, if there was going to be like a religious element in there, you know, and so it was, it was it was very curious about a Kwanzaa just in general. And so I think, you know, we've been doing it, you know, all these years, you know, and um, trying to reminisce on the first one is is uh, it's heartwarming. That's awesome. Who's next? Well, we started with our family, so I knew what it was about, but it was more so Pete's passion for me. So when he asked, of course, I mean, 
I've spent nights up with Pete, you know, sitting on that couch and, and going to sleep in the room you know, near the door. So we've talked a lot about it. I was always interested in it. And um, I was, it, it, it was uh, a pleasure. And it was uh, really nice for him to include me in it, to be a part of it. So I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it every time I came down there. I got to meet new people. And of course, speaking with Pete, walking around, speaking with them throughout the, throughout the day. You know, just the history that he would give. And as James was saying, you know, he would speak about, you know, his uh, his history, his family tree. But even when he talked about that, it was informative for me. It made me want to know more about my past and where I was from and, you know, how I evolved to where our family is now. So, very interesting. Awesome. I know Pat is around somewhere. <laughs> well, for me, you know, it was it was exciting because I had I had heard about Kwanzaa from Cynthia, but I had never been to a Kwanzaa event and didn't really know what would take part, what would take place at that event. So I did a little research. I remember doing a little research about Kwanzaa just to get a, just to get a better understanding of what Kwanzaa was about and the principles. And when we actually, you know came to your house and we had the first one, you know, it was exciting because we were a part of something new. You know, for most of us, it was something new and something that I had never experienced before. And also just listening to the stories. He was one of the best storytellers and captured, you know, captured your attention. It's like, okay, you know, is it over already? You know, you would think, you know, there has to be something more to this story. But, you know, he he was just an excellent storyteller and it captured your attention and you and it left you wanting for more and wanting to learn about more. And and, you know, and, and it was good just to see it evolve. You know, it, I, I forget how many of us was at the first one. Was it 10 of us? This is it. <laughs> This is it. <laughs> All of you and your kids. And that the kids, was it. right? Right. That was it. And and I can't remember if we went out and bought kids the kids little outfits, you know, for the occasion, you know, the kente patterns and outfits. But yeah, it was you know it was a humbling experience because it also made me want to learn more about you know our history. Mm-hmm. And, and and he had a great way of telling, like I said, telling stories, but making you feel like, okay, you know what? We royalty, you know, we, you know, we are a very, you know, yeah. uh, educated yeah. and, and uh, people, you know, we, we come from our, come from greatness. Yeah. And, and, and that's one thing that I really appreciate about, you know, about, his history lessons because <laughs> he always had a history lesson you know even when you didn't want to hear it you know he was telling you about your history somebody's history <laughs> yes indeed 
Yeah. <laughs> but but it was very, you know, it was very educating, educational. And it was, I really appreciate, when you look back on it, you really appreciate what he was instilling and pouring into us. Yes, indeed. And I know Cynthia was the one who really had brought us to her aunt Evelyn's Kwanzaa the year before, which was an experience for us because we were trying to figure out, you know, how to celebrate, like what what was this supposed to look like? And I think for for Peter and I, it just it was so inspiring to see what she had created in her home. And, you know, not that we were trying to replicate it per se, but it was it was a, a, a real encouragement to us to for her to not only create it, but give us kind of a, a guidebook um, in terms of, you know, how to do it. And, you know, Cynthia was like, hey, you know what? Let's just do it. So I just always appreciated Cynthia, you know, just reaching out and saying, well, if you guys want to know how to do it, you know, come to this one. So I don't know, Cynthia, if you have, you know, you have kind of a, a view of a couple of them having gone to your aunts as well and seeing her legacy. Yeah. What was it like for you? You know, I, I'm not a big crowd person, <laughs> although, you know, going to church, you would think I would be used to crowds, but I'm really not. And a um, singer. And no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and she that's how I started going. She I think I don't know if it was her very first one or not. I, I don't recall. But she did ask me to sing. And I think Denzel was I don't even know if he was one. He may have been one because someone made him a little fit, a little Kente outfit. Um, but I had to sing there and I was like, all these people in this small space, you know, <laughs> but it was, I, I found it going there to be educational, just learning about Kwanzaa, the different parts of it and meeting new people. And it was, it was really a community affair because people that she knew in the community, she was involved in the NAACP and some other committees and stuff, 100 Black women and all these people would come to her house for this Kwanzaa and it didn't bother anybody that it was 200 people in this house <laughs> and you can you didn't have anywhere to sit or anything but i i um i tried to take look back on the moment and see how it was educational and it's just teaching me that we need to come together as a community um more often and how if we all came together and actually practiced the principles that we learned through Kwanzaa we could be a better people together. But I, I um, as we moved on and, and started the ones at, at your house, I felt a little more comfortable because it was just a few of us and excited, you know, because our kids, all our kids participated in, in doing the, the principles. And in some kind of way, we all had a part in the program. I'm looking at one, a couple of them now. And I was like, man, that was so, so long ago. But I think when it came to Pete, he did have that passion for for history. So that just took it to another level. And of course, always educating about knowing where you're from. You should want to know where you're from. So um, and then, of course, it grew bigger. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a lot of people here. <laughs> yes. But um, but always something, you know, new, just even the the activities that went on during, you know, the Kwanzaa, the 
the storytelling, the poetry, the, the drummers, the, the dancing, those were things. Um, some of those things were not at my aunt's, but it's, it's like, it just took what she had and, and kind of grew, you know, from there. Um, so I'm happy to see that what she started continued on with, with you guys in your, in your home. So I, it's just good times when I think about the, the Kwanzaa celebrations, especially when we started with our small group. And now, you know, all the kids are grown, <laughs> um, but <laughs> they didn't get to participate in all the Kwanzaa, but it was good to get them started. But it, it's just a good family gathering, community gathering event and the time for everyone to learn, you know, from one another. Anyway, yeah, no, I think I think that it's interesting that you say that because I think for us, you know, Peter and I were kind of we were kind of, I'll just say a little sick of the commercialization around Christmas and really wanted to figure out how to pull in, you know, that heritage that I think certainly most people yearn for. And so the ability to kind of connect with the first fruit celebrations and the ingathering of the people and really to kind of reaffirm and reinforce that family community and culture was, was pretty cool, especially knowing, you know, cause I think we were years later trying to figure out if our kids even understood anything about what <laughs> was being said. And then all of a sudden there was, you know, this, you know, just, true acknowledgement about, you know, their own heritage, which was really, you know, kind of amazing to see blossom. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was like for your kids. For, for uh, They were there for the food and to play with their <laughs> friends. <laughs> I mean, that's honest. <laughs> they just wanted to play with their friends and eat the food, all the different foods. <laughs> Yeah, that, well, that feast is a, it's a feast for right. sure. It's definitely right. a feast. Yeah, right. I, I would say the same as Patricia's. They were definitely there for the food and, and their friends. Um, at that age, I don't think they really understood, maybe later on in life. But I know, you know, for, for mine, uh, for Denzel, he hadn't participated later, you know, in his teenage years or anything. But he's certainly aware, you know, of Kwanzaa from going. But yeah. Food and friends, the gathering. <laughs> so coming back now. Oh, did you have something you wanted to say, James? Well, I was just thinking when he said that food and friends, that that was probably some of us too as adults. <laughs> because um, I think one thing that happens that you realize, that I was just about to realize, going there every year, you know, year after year, it's not just meeting the people, but also you start hearing about when you in conversation, their stories a little bit about how some people open up about their lives and what it meant to, you know, you know, uh, to them because, um, oh, the food's a big part of it, you know, but I remember just talking to him sometimes that he, when he started preparing his gumbo, you know, <laughs> and stuff, he makes two different pots, big old <laughs> gumbo and stuff. And he did not want just, you know, he tried to uh, make sure that everybody had some kind of understanding before just jumping to the food <laughs> and everything. And uh, I think, though, that uh, I, you know, for me, each year that, you know, that I went there, I took away something to challenge myself with, you know, uh, uh, to, to be better at 
veteran because Pete would always, I tell you one thing about, you know, Pete, he would, you know, <laughs> he remembers everything. I mean, that's the only cat I know he can test. He can remember things when he was five years old. I don't know how he, he, but he would be able to share something and challenge you with, you know, if you talk about something that you do want to do it and he'll put it on you to try and encourage you to keep on, you know, Hey, his commitment to this was amazing. I think Chris mentioned something about the little bit of connection between that and the religious, you know, as far as, um, you know, our, our spiritual lives, but some of those things are good principles to have in our own spiritual life, the commitment <laughs> that it takes, the, you know, the longevity, stuff that at times we, we can take for granted. But um, he was real good at, you know, at, at that, getting just by his life, his lifestyle and stuff. So uh, I was just thinking, I said, yes, Morton, what else I got from that besides good food? Yeah, he did exemplify that, though. The, all of those uh, things that we did there, he, he, he didn't just, we didn't just go there to talk about them. He exemplified them in his life. So I, I agree with that, James. He, he did challenge a lot and he would, he re- would remember and ask you later if you did it or yeah. call you, have you yeah. done it? So uh, I agree with that 100. And the thing was to me is that he exemplified those qualities in his life, you know? Hey, uh, first of all, Melissa, I just want to say thank you for at least putting this together because, you know, when we talk about legacy, you know, this really was Peter's passion project. And, you know, this, this was something that the kids have, you know, would not have had an opportunity to see something that was unapologetically Black and then also Afrocentric at the same time. And so, you know, we see the influence of hip hop, but, you know, this was a, it's always been family friendly. And, you know, it's always nice to see everybody come out in their African garb and to share this tradition over the years. You know, you know Cynthia was talking about Denzel being young, well, you know, but, you know, we look at how our kids have grown and have been introduced to something that potentially they can share with their kids if they so choose, right? And so, you know, and but that's really, you know, Pete's hand in, you know, kind of introducing Kwanzaa to this group. I know Cynthia and Peter had previously had experience with it. For, for many of us, it was just a new thing. And it was nice to see, you know, have, you know, jambalaya and other cultural foods that were unique to the Black community. And, you know, and, and Cynthia mentioned the drums. You know, Pete was not only you know, very eloquent individual and, you know, um, exceptionally bright, but the man was, you know, rich in talent. You know, he's, he was a musician. And Kwanzaa was borderline entertainment when you put the drums and the storytelling together. That was really his formula is we told the stories with the drums. And um, I'm not too sure how old Paul was at the time, but, you know, we see Paul years and, you know, he, you know, maybe, he, you know, he's keeping that going with, his family and 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 then in the later years we see Kwanzaa in the box and just all this innovation happening, you know, and it was really cool. Yeah, it's been it's been a journey, that's for sure. And he always wanted to keep it inside the house. Cause I used to say, you know, I mean, it's like 150, 200 people in the house. Maybe we should go to a community center. And he was like, absolutely not. 
you know, it's a different feel when it's in the community center than when it's in your house. So, yeah, that's that's true, though. I, I think that's true. I understand the crowd and all of that, but it's true. It is a different feel. I just love the way he had the seniors would sit down. They would sit at the table. Yeah. I respect honor to them for us, you know, standing for for where we are now, standing on their shoulders. I I, I really appreciate it. I I enjoyed all of that. Yeah, that I mean, and I think one of the most important components is, you know, he always made sure that we that we asked the elders for permission to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I think a lot of people just kind of skip over that part. But to me, it's it's that one time where it is full respect that this program will not go on without the elders permission. And then obviously, if they're sitting at the, you know, the elders table or you know, they, they, you know, in some cases we'll, we serve the elders, um, the kids serve the elders, you know, and we try to make sure that we are thinking about all of them as we're doing it. Right. But I mean, even some of the elements in terms of like, Chris, I know you've done the libation a few times now. I remember one time <laughs> and, you know, you have that symbolic sip and I think you sent the <laughs> cup around and it took yeah. like an hour for it to it, come Yeah. Back. <laughs> I was, was like, maybe next time we'll do a symbolic sip. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but it's kind of funny because the different elements, you know, you're right in terms of the entertainment. I think the entertainment gives you a reason for people to come and learn. Right. Because people want to you know, just want a history lesson. They want, you know, make it interesting. Right. And I think there's so many times where we don't know our own history. And other people don't know our history either. So it gives us an opportunity. And I always love that Pete would invite everybody, no matter where they came from or who they were (laughs) or whatever. Everybody is invited to come and join us for the celebration. Yeah. So that's been kind of cool. So and, and one of the things that we were always trying to figure out is, you know, how to get more people to celebrate. Any suggestions y'all have? You mean uh, in in your home or just in general? <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I can, you can always come to my house if you want us to. <laughs> you can always come to my house. <laughs> yeah, your house is where the tradition is. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just starting it up in other areas, I didn't thought much about it because yeah, we we're, we're at your place, so and it's it grew into a production <laughs> after a while. <laughs> it is a yeah. production, and I, I I think just taking it from from my aunts to to your house, like I said, it's grown. I think probably, I, and I know you have Kwanzaa in a box. Is maybe it's almost like you have to teach people how to have the Kwanzaa event at their home, either like the whole thing that we we do from the whole program or even if it's just to celebrate the day, you know, for a principal. But I think people need to probably be um, 
educated on the process and that you don't have to have everything, but, you know, just enough to make it sure people get the message, you know, about what Kwanzaa is, is about. So I don't know. And people, it, it really, people need to be interested and have the desire to want to learn, learn more because without that is probably not going to be very interesting to them if, if they don't have like this desire to learn more about their, their history or what Kwanzaa is really about. I always tell people when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion that curiosity is kind of number one. If you're not yeah. curious, you're not going to learn about any other culture or, or right. you know. Right. Yeah. So I think some that's my two cents is probably having to not like just the Kwanzaa in a box, but maybe taking a box and maybe a little video to go along with it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, for them to understand all of the, the things that go into the day. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what's interesting to me is, you know, we always went into Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa principles every day. Right. So if you're talking about unity or self-determination or purpose or creativity, cooperative economics, there's stuff you can do every day. So you know, to me, if we have those principles in front of us, mm -hmm. the the one time of year that we may come together, hopefully it's not the only time of year, but it, it does give you this opportunity to see people that you haven't seen in a long time, commune with them, fellowship with them, and then kind of recommit to whatever those, you know, what, what the principles are. Right. And I think that's the intention is that you know, I mean, this was created in 1966 amidst the civil rights movement. So to me, I cannot imagine. I mean, I just know my own rage when I see, you know, discrimination, people being sprayed with hoses mm. and literally being, you know, like having someone sit on your neck. I mean, those types yeah. of things being hung. are enraged. Being hung. Say it again. Lit being lit. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, you know, to me, what the principles do is kind of allow me to exhale and, and try to collect myself in a way that allows me to continue to strive for excellence because I came from excellence. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, it does. And those principles, uh, when you were speaking about how can we continue it on, I, I for me, it's like we got to live it, and you know, it's it's just it just doesn't stop our our begin on you know when Kwanzaa when we start Kwanzaa the, uh, after Christmas it doesn't just start then it's a lifestyle yeah it's a lifestyle well and Pete would always talk about being a keeper of the culture. Um, and, you know, especially amidst a pandemic like this, when we can't necessarily get together as frequently, it becomes more important to really connect with each other and and tell those stories and and talk about, you know, what we're experiencing. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. So aside from the food that you all seem to have enjoyed, are there other, are there principles that you all identify with maybe more than others? 
Uh, not necessarily a principle. I want to. Uh, I remember there was just we always have this, this section where we remember the Ashes somewhere in there. We're doing Ashes, and you know, it's always good to remember where we're calling out the names of yeah, people right. that have that right. have gone on the and trailblazers then, and mm-hmm. those who have passed away and and the mothers and the fathers. You know, we call Pete's name out. You know, and Ashe, and you know, this these, these you know we cannot forget really the roots of of who we are as a people and yeah yeah because you know I, I you know I knew it was a young holiday but when you said 1966 it's just wow there's a lot a lot of activity going on in in this country at that time and somewhere in there you know I forget the the, 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 the guy's name the, the, who founded Kwanzaa Milana Karenga yeah you know <laughs> to have this idea that we really need to have a day or a week or something that we could call our own because we really didn't have that. You know, a lot of our culture was, you know, stripped from us, you know, our ancestors and really trying to develop something that would be more long lasting and kind of what transcend time in, in, and it's gotten wheels, you know, no doubt about it from, from then. And I, I want to piggyback something with Chris just said, as far as that, you know, calling out the names, mm-hmm. you know, of individuals. I tell you, it is, it's very humbling because some names that sometimes people call out names that you forgot about, that you forgot about, and then you, and then, and then you look at the person. Sometimes I call out the name, man. Maybe I need to, I, you know, I kind of forgot. Maybe it's just just go over and say hello sometimes and spend some time. But it was just remind of of people because we're so much. <laughs> and uh, I, I found that part of when they were doing that part was very just, just, just remembering some things and some people that have touched your life that you, you know that because uh, we we move on sometimes too quickly <laughs> and uh, and not realize man this person was important it was important I haven't visit this person or talk to him or I know it, it just a a feeling inside that sometimes you just remember. If it wasn't, if I wasn't there to hear some of these names, what I, what I, I didn't even remember these people and things. And I, I, I thought that was a very important part as, as well. And I, of course, I love when they, one of the principles about the unity, I, I love that. I've always, I've always liked, you know, that only because I, I, I think of that's just the key. So that we have to be, you know, as a culture and be more unified together from families, from just things that um, uh, I think is important, you know, that um, when we have opportunity, you know, don't waste that time because you don't get that time back. Yeah, there's an African proverb that says, and I'll, re- I'll remember it, uh, but it's something like, as long as someone calls your name, you exist. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Which to me, you know, I'm not sure I even quite got that until after Peter passed away. And it was it's it's always now it's felt like, you know, for so long there was this gift that was being given to me. Yeah. And I want to make sure people don't forget Mm. who he was and, you know, the impacts that he had on people. Yeah. But I believe that I believe that's even scriptural from our our uh, Christian background, you know, 
it, it's infused in there because we 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 still talk about uh, Abraham. We still talk about Rahab. Mm. You know, because they're significant. Mm-hmm. They did something that was that that made them significant. And Pete did that. For me, he did. He set a lot of examples, did a lot of things that his name should be continually mentioned. Because the 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 things that he did through this, through um, Kwanzaa, it's just beautiful. I mean, he brought people together. I, I've met people that I didn't even know. But each time I saw them on Kwanzaa, we spoke, we, we talked, and uh, had great conversations. So he brought people together. I mean, it, it's just a beautiful thing. So I believe his, his name will continue to go on. With all of those that came through on these Kwanzas, it's time. His name will always continue. I believe that. And I think Melissa were talking the other day about just how cool Pete was. You know, Pete. You know, Pete. <laughs> Pete. And, and certainly, there was a huge void the Kwanzaa after. I think was it? Yeah, with with him, you know, being gone, it was yeah. you know kind of you know, it felt different. But you know that but that guy had some swagger about him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So I, and the, you know, and, and the grandkids, you know, they didn't get a chance to really meet, you know, Pete and see just how cool of a guy he was, and you know, and you know, we're meeting today, still feeling his impact and his influence. And so, um, I digress from the principal question. <laughs> I think me rattling off here. Let somebody else talk. The floor is open, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was looking at um, at the principles, the seven principles, and I was thinking about today, you know, the pandemic, what's going on in society right now. And I think that this is like the perfect time for those principles to be implemented. Because, you know, as a culture, just the world, you know, we really need to be able to come together right now. And we, you know, we need that self-determination and to come together and collectively work and be responsible. All of that needs to happen right now. And, and, And it's just so interesting just to see how, you know, things just evolve. The, like the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. So this, you know, Kwanzaa was started, you said 1966, during that time and all the, you know, the uh, civil, uh, uh, you know, unrest that was going on there, you know, during that time. And now look at us in 2021. It's almost like, I, I won't say deja vu, but, you know, there, there's a parallel. And and these principles are just you know just as important as they were back in 1966. Yeah, no doubt, Cynthia. Any last words? No, I I pretty much um, echo what everyone else has um, said about you know the remembering the ancestors, um, how important that was. Uh, and I think um, one point, other point I want to bring out about that part was how. 
I felt like the people who attended really um, enjoyed that part as well because they got to participate mm-hmm. um, by calling out their their end because it would go on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and you had to stop it, you know, um, but I, I did like that part as well. And like, I think I said it earlier about the principles is something if we could practice it, all of them and really make it part of, you know, our everyday that as a people, I think we will be able to come closer and be more supportive of one another in the things that we we do. And if, you know, especially like people who are doing entrepreneurial things, we'll be able to support one another in that because we'll be looking at the bigger picture, not just ourselves. Anyway, yes. Did Pete have a favorite to- principles, uh, Melissa? You know, he didn't have a favorite principle because his focus was making sure that everybody practiced every principle every day. And so, you know, he would, I mean, I think we always enjoyed having a celebration on one day because we got to emphasize a particular principle that year. So, but I think the fact that his cousin, after his last Kwanzaa, put together the cutting board with all the principles on it. You know, it's like, I, you know, literally I use the cutting board every day. I mean, like, you know, so in your face, (laughs) yes, it's in my face. I, I remember them all the time. So, you know, it becomes kind of a little more rote and you start going, Oh, you know, I need to act better. I need to be more self-determined or, you know, whatever. So I love the fact that, you know, you can, you can really look at these principles and they're great principles for everyone, not just African-Americans. But for me, it's it's just a matter of wanting to keep it going and to highlight the principles and, you know, get people familiar with what Kwanzaa is. Because I think for, you know, when we started, there's there were so many people that would in our history tell us we didn't have a culture. We weren't African. We weren't American. and Kwanzaa at least gave us a celebration and a platform to really, you know, highlight some of our own culture to other other people's culture as well as our own people. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so um, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I appreciate you guys so much for coming and having this. Well, let's talk about Pete Swagger. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was just laughing. I said, when I start thinking back on something, that guy I don't know if you guys, I knew Pete for a long time. Pete was a shy dude. <laughs> he was no. a what? He was a shy dude for a while. He used to hang around. Pete was always quiet. Didn't talk. He disappears. You don't know where he comes from. <laughs> he disappears. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and he will tell you at things that you forgot. He just, I told you, he got that mind. Just remember. He got that mind. <laughs> like that. Uh, um, one of the things when I just, just thinking back on some things as, as we were growing up and even throughout. <laughs> Pete was uh because we we all like sports and stuff like that, and he would play, but seemed like he felt like he was always the odd man out, you know, getting the basketball. Who's the last man picked? <laughs> but but yeah, uh, sports were not his. Was not his forte. 
<laughs> well, with Pete, well, the, one, the one thing that I do is say he he's a good supporter. He he will support you on things that that you've done, and you know he there's you know he shows up. Uh, uh, if you got something going on, something like that, he, he he would he would support you in any way that he knew how, like that. But I laugh at that. I don't know if you still got them all, but uh, uh, all those canes. We used to talk about that. All those canes. I said, man, the one thing I would tell a doctor to man, if I hurt my ankle, I don't need a cane. I'm going to get one of the one styling ones. <laughs> you still have a lot of canes here, yes. <laughs> Oh, yes, man. Indeed. So much hey. good times, I tell you. I tell you so much. Hey, people say Denzel Washington has a walk, but Pete oh, has yeah. the coolest walk. <laughs> he has the coolest walk. Man, yeah. He <laughs> has the coolest walk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Y'all are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but he had a sense of humor, and that, he had a, a very hearty, healthy laugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, the man was a, a maverick. He was a rebel. I mean, that you know, that guy can. If you want to debate you, debate you. You know, to say no for the sake of saying no, <laughs> you couldn't make him do. You couldn't make him do anything. You know, he decided his mind he was going to do it. You know, yeah. remember he was at Raycam. It was, it was asking the fool at Raycam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, man. Yeah, this, he's a character. <laughs> Yes, he was a character. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you, Melissa, for continuing on um, his legacy with the community Kwanzaa. Yes. Yes. You are doing a wonderful job with this. I'm sure he is smiling down on you because you have kept this going. And and we um, all want to help you continue it. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. You always come to the table whenever I call. Y'all are always there. So I appreciate it. Even wow. Peter. Now look, even <laughs> Peter. He shows up. He shows up. No. He appears. Conico. Conico hey, to the well, table. But James, James said Pete just appeared. So I figured. I use one of those. I'll disappear. <laughs> right, first Peter and second Peter. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I thought you did there. That's funny because we used to say that to each other. Uh-huh. He used to say, "I'm first Peter." <laughs> okay, you first Peter. I'm second Peter. Oh no! And he will let you know he's first Peter. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all are crazy. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Melissa. Love you. Love you guys. Thank you guys yeah. so much. Hey, love you. Looking forward to seeing you this year at Kwanzaa. Yes. I'll be there. All right. Be here. Be square. All right. All right. Talk to you guys All right. later. Take care. Right, Thanks. Bye bye. Take care. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.